0: Hello and welcome to Banking Transformed. I'm your host, Jim Marus, founder and CEO of the Digital Banking Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. The number of bank branches and the number of people visiting bank branches has been decreasing for years. As a result of recent events, many organizations have closed branches completely, while others have reverted to auto-teller operations. Could the coronavirus create a shift in attitude? As people are forced to bank online or on their mobile devices? More importantly, as consumers get more comfortable and find that managing their money digitally is easier and safer, will they stop visiting their branches altogether even after the pandemic ends? Today's guest on the podcast is Jamie Warder, EVP and head of digital banking at KeyBank. Prior to joining Key, Jamie is the president of USAA Bank, as well as working at Capital One, PNC Bank, and McKinsey Company. During that interview, Jamie discusses the way KeyBank is shifting to a more digital organization while still supporting other channels. He also discusses how KeyBank is responding to the recent marketplace changes. We'll discuss how organizations can combine empathy with solution-based marketing, moving transactions to digital channels while remaining agile during turbulent times. Welcome to the show, Jamie. During much of your career, you have focused on trying to move consumer banking habits from the physical to digital channels. Despite process simplification and customer communication, certain segments of your customer base have probably never changed their banking habits. Now, you're faced with the challenge of softening the blow of forced change. How's that going, Aki? Aki?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jim, and thanks for having me on the show. It certainly is just an unprecedented uh, time, and I hope your listeners are all safe and well. I would say it's actually going even better than I may have expected. We certainly are seeing an uptick from our clients and customers on their digital activity. And, you know, there's a couple of things that Key's been working on that I'm just really thankful for, At this point, when we want to be available for clients at home or at their place of business, the first is just we've had a philosophy for quite a while, certainly predating me at Key, which said, you know, how do we digitize everything that our customers want to do and, you know, tick through the uh, most important experiences and start just knocking those out digitally? And then second, a little more recently, we've been putting a lot of time into, just that first time user experience. So we're seeing a lot of first time users as we're going through this social distancing. And, you know, we've tried to create an experience that helps them get familiar with the digital tools, maybe a little faster than, you know, pre work in that area.
0: So is Key more focused on educating the consumer who have maybe never tried digital banking or on providing modified physical channel support? Yeah, I think, honestly, it's both.
1: Certainly, you know, we do and we are seeing already clients who've never used our digital capabilities using them for the first time. So we're encouraging that, of course, and we're really trying to support our clients who are making that change in their behavior and how they bank. But at the same time, we know there's cases, Um, our customers need to get to their safe deposit boxes for one reason or another, or, you know, large monetary transactions or night drops for our business customers. So at the same time that we're trying to really be available digitally, we also know we have to modify a channel. So using drive throughs setting appointments to actually go into the branch, and here's where you get some of that multi-channel because we're telling our customers, hey, if you want to set an appointment to go to a branch, you can either do so on the phone or you can actually show up at the branch and we'll either let you in or find a time that's convenient for you or digitally they can set up an
0: appointment. So I think all of the above. So with regard to customer education, how does KeyBank right now explain the benefits and the actual activity of how you do some things like mobile deposit capture, using Zelle, paying utility bills without going to the branch. Is your communication more proactive, maybe based on data you have on the consumer knowing what their activity was? Or is it, I'll call it, it's not fair, but is it more passive given today's environment and trying to make sure you touch everyone with your communication? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll probably
1: answer it somewhere in between. Certainly not passive. I don't think any bank can afford to be passive in educating their clients on digital but also, you know, I would call it nuanced proactive, so we're not necessarily out there on TV ads or billboards or sending direct mail, teaching customers how to use bill pay. but we certainly are proactive. so I, I already talked about some of the work we're doing around the first time user experience. So that very first time that you log into online banking, you know you're on your mobile phone, you're on your browser, you're on your tablet. You actually go through a mini introduction where we show you how navigation works. We show you where some of the more popular features are. The first time you send a Zelle payment, there's a little, a bit of a overlay tutorial. So that first-time user experience would be one way that I would say we're being nuanced, proactive. A couple other ways, you know, for those users that are digital, so, you know, they're logging in and, you know, checking their balances, but maybe they're not using some of the more advanced features like, person-to-person payments we call them intelligent interactions but we'll look to let them know uh, we'll know those clients haven't used that particular feature we'll target them with you know thoughtful messaging that just invites them to try the feature so we're doing that certainly our partners in the branches and contact centers they know that part of their job is to help train our customers. So they take on a role of when they see a customer request service on something that could be done digitally, they take that as an opportunity if the client has time to teach them how maybe they could do that on their phone. And then finally, I think you know one of the things we're really focused on is just really good design, Jim, because in many cases, it's just making it intuitive so our customers don't have to go on a treasure hunt to find a piece of capability. They know that you know, if they look under make a deposit, well, that's where they'll find the ability to link an external account or the ability to you know do a remote deposit capture. So I think there's just a little bit around design it in a way that's intuitive. And if it's intuitive and you don't need an instruction manual, we find that customers will generally uh, use it. So that's my long way of saying Probably a nuanced, proactive approach to getting
0: clients more digitally active. So if a person still receives paper statements and doesn't check email regularly, you know, it didn't matter that much with communication, maybe not getting to because usually around a sales message. How are you now making sure that that communication gets to the consumer who most needs it during this crisis?
1: I wish I had a great answer on this one. And I don't. I'll give kudos to our terrific communications team at Key because they're really taking a multi-pronged approach here to try to reach our customers and make sure they know. You can't go by a branch without seeing signage that explains the way we're banking today through the crisis. Of course, if you go to any of the unauthenticated, any of the dot-com properties for Key, it explains you know very prominently what's the same and what's different we've been working with all, in all of our markets we're in markets across you know five time zones and we're working with our local media partners as much as we can and as much as they'll help us spread the message which they've been quite helpful obviously during this time our ATMs are flashing custom messages these days of course our phones are always available and you know we're using both digital messaging in the phone channel as well as uh, with our live service representatives to get the message out and then, of course, the branches these days, and it depends municipality by municipality, but they actually are open, you know, as of right now. So drive throughs are open. And again, as we talked about, you know, by appointment, certainly we're there for our clients. So it's been a challenge. And uh, our goal is that every one of our customers knows how to do their day-to-day banking. So I guess that's the way I'd answer it. But I can't say we're 100% effective right now. I think there's still work to do.
0: So you've actually doubled down on employee education and, and having them really use questions to make the customers that are still coming to the branch in one way or the other, and even through your ATMs, feel more comfortable with what the future may bring? Yeah. We have spent a
1: lot of time, we talk about that, you know, our teammates, and I could say this around all the folks you talk about, you know, the banking industry, Jim, you've been around the banking industry a long time and you know this, um, we've all grown up to just take care of customers. We, we If a customer asks us a, a question, we're built to serve them. We're built to do it for them. And we've been working quite a bit with our teammates across key, 15,000 teammates, We want them, certainly we're always there to help them, but I think we're taking one notch more of our job is also to train our customers. Hey, we're going to help you right now, but we'll also train you so that next time, should you choose, you can do it on your own. And during times like these, we really want our clients to have that option. So. We're working on that. And that's across all of our channels and from the consumer
0: all the way through, you know, business banking and institutional banking. So let's say people get more and more comfortable with the digital engagement and uh, interactions. Do you believe there'll be a, a major permanent shift to digital channels once everything gets whatever will be called back to normal? I think there's going to be a shift. I feel
1: like I've seen this throughout my career. The first time a customer tries depositing a check at the ATM, you generally find that they switch their behavior and start using the ATM and then when they try depositing that same check on the mobile phone, they start using the mobile phone. You know, I've seen that data and behavioral science would say, you know, the first time is the hardest and as long as it was a easy experience, they'll typically come back to it. So just the fact that we're seeing i can tell you a key in the last week or so as part of this crisis we've certainly seen more first time users to digital so i think there will be a shift now that said you use the word major shift I've been expecting a major shift for the last decade and I feel like we've seen it, right? Yeah. We've certainly seen it in servicing. I mean, I think, I think servicing has migrated out of the physical channels much faster. But when we get into advice and sales, it certainly also is shifting. It's just shifting at a slower pace. So I think this crisis, especially if it lasts a little bit, I think it will create, you know, a bit more of a secular shift. I don't know how major. It'll be really interesting for you and I to watch that over
0: time. Are you also seeing a shift towards what I call the call center, at least right now, as well as um, is there an application for bots to be used in, in solving some of the the what is obviously a, a probably a jump in communications?
1: This isn't going to surprise you with folks at home who still need to do their banking every day. They are. We've been talking about kind of the digital channels, and I'll include in those digital channels, chat. And as you well know, chat is either handled with a live person or in many cases, you know, we can answer chats via bots or intelligent technology. That said, we certainly are seeing an increase in calls and You know, the live chats, because if the bot isn't doing the trick for the customer, we certainly have someone there who can step in live. And uh, I think it is fair to say, although we've seen the digital uptick, we've also seen remote human contact, if I say it that way, Uh, chat call centers. uh, We've seen increase in activity, not enormous impact, but certainly increases from business as usual.
0: So... And again, I'm I'm probably getting you a little bit out of your field, but as I look at what my father used to, how he used to use the branches, I was never too sure if he went there because he had to do a transaction or because he wanted the social interaction. Yeah. Some of this can be actually done via digital channels, but is that something that we have to think about? Because when there's no interaction, when people are limited to the number of people they can see in a day, they can't go to their corner place to get lunch or whatever it may be. Is that something we have to look at in a digital way to say, how can we solve for the social interaction issues as it relates to doing transactional banking?
1: Jim, I think it's real. You and I, long time ago, worked at National City, and when I was there, I was leading contact centers, and we knew that there were customers who called us every day. And they called us every day as much for that social interaction as anything, by the way, we know that today. I can tell you at Key, we have people who want to see their tellers every day and, and really enjoy that personal interaction. I do think it's a challenge. I think how do we keep those social and community ties in a world that's becoming more disconnected digitally? It's a real challenge. I know in some cases, I looked to M-Bank over in Poland, and you know they solve that through, and other banks have as well, but they solve it through, on-demand, you know, video, and in some cases, I think that's a tad more personal than just dealing with a screen that's running off of electrons. I have to believe that there's other things that we can innovate around, even little pieces of personalization, like, you know, facts of the day and using your first name when you log on to the properties. I think those are the things that we have to think about more, but I think it's real. I know that population exists. We've seen it exist, and I think it's just kind of part of human behavior that we need to think about as we're designing experiences in the future.
0: So I've had discussions with marketers, innovation people, and and people in charge just working in the banking environment overall. And, you know, we're, we're in a period that organizations are going to have to determine, are they going to reduce investment or are they going to increase investment because of the, the need of the consumer? From a KeyBank perspective, which you guys have been committed to the digital channel solutions for quite some time and have built some great products as well, do you see this as an opportunity to really double down and do things that maybe were further down the priority scale because now it's eventually will be demanded or certainly set you apart from your competition?
1: I think if I'm really fair about it, Key has, I like to say, he got the joke a long time ago that It didn't take this crisis to know that even without the crisis, there was just a absolute demand from our customers for convenience, for ease, to be able to transact at home or at their place of business. I always like to say, you know, in their pajamas. And I think, you know, Key figured that out and has made tremendous investment, like most banks, by the way, just made tremendous investment over the last, you know, Decade. And we don't think that's slowing down. We're planning to increase investment every year because we just think the clients are demanding it. So I wouldn't say the crisis is driving that for Key in particular. It's more good old fashioned client behavior. Now, your question, Jim, of, you know, with this crisis, does it highlight how important digital capabilities and products are? The speed at which we might move. I think so. I think we're going to have to stare at this period and ask ourselves, as an industry, and you know, certainly we'll do so at Key. Are we moving fast enough? Are we moving hard enough?
0: So, with this all taking place, do you think Key may respond to what comes out of this pipe? And I'm not making your I'm not going to hold you accountable for this, but sure, sure. To, through the potentially reducing branch, penetration. Or will the bank be more likely to simply change the branch model? And I know some of this can be driven by government regulations and, and the people that hold us accountable to communities, but how do you see it, let's say, a year from now? Do you think organizations, yeah. once things settle down, and so it doesn't look like we're just taking advantage of the opportunity, do you see this really maybe spurring action with organizations that we're thinking about changing their, their distribution model? I think we've had to deal with this for quite some time. Um, we've had to
1: deal with the fact that the customer behavior is changing and Key, where you can see it in our public records, we've been reducing the number of branches. So I think certainly that has happened and I think it's probably fair to say that over time we'll continue to look at, you know, what's the right size branch footprint for Key and it wouldn't surprise me if we continued to, you know, thoughtfully consolidate branches and things like that you know, certainly doing so, you know, with our commitment to the regulators and our commitment to our communities in mind. At the same time, you asked, do we change the, you know, how we run the branches? I think we're doing that too and have to do that too. So, you know, McKinsey just put out a a study, you probably saw it, Jim, a few months ago that said still two thirds of the time clients prefer a branch for things like advice or complex sales. So we want to be there for them. But I think how we're there for them, you know, Key's been investing in digital tools. We have a a tool called Digital Wellness Review, where our bankers can sit with clients and use a digital tool, and they can work the screen together and answer together to get to a thoughtful set of recommendations. So I think about how digital is actually being infused in the branch But if you ask me to guess what's going to happen, I do think over time in the U.S., I'll just talk about the U.S. now, I think branches will continue to come down. I don't think they're going away. Um, I think they still play important roles from an advice perspective, from a complex transaction perspective. But I do think what a branch does today will continue to morph and become more digitized.
0: You you talk about the digital wellness tool and and – Does this tool, I know it fairly well, should we as organizations double down on that type of engagement? Because it not only tells us a lot about the consumer's goals and objectives and and how they want to manage their money, but in a time like this, it's going to tell us a lot about their fears, won't it? Well, I will say that's what we need to get to. I would
1: love for that tool to continue to get smarter and smarter, Jim, using our best technologies and Using data, you know, we can understand things about the customer's behaviors that maybe they can't even understand themselves, uh, seeing trends, seeing things happen, seeing opportunities within their portfolios. So I think over time. We can make that really help them be more financially well. That's certainly what we're aspiring to. Now, you know, we're early. The tools, we built it a year ago, uh, excited about it. uh, It has patents and things like that, and we think it really can help customers, but we're not done. We're going to continue to invest in it to really help
0: them even more. So- it's been a while since I've done some uh, brand shopping and opened accounts at different banks. Uh, I think that goes back to National City Bank days. But does Key allow customers to open a new checking account or apply for a loan digitally without requiring them to come to the branch at all? We do. And I wish I could sit here today and tell you every
1: single product and every single situation you can open from the comfort of your home and we can for most, and certainly the most popular, you know, checking, savings, credit cards, some of the lending products. So you can do all of those from home. We are working on, as a matter of fact, we've had about 100 clients actually go through and do mortgage end-to-end, Oh wow! where you can literally yeah. do a mortgage end-to-end without necessarily even talking to anybody. We're certainly there if you want to, but um, the ability to do that. So We're working on that. As you know, it's very difficult. There's a lot of uh, work to do to make that happen. But I think banks have to go there. Again, I just think it's going to be what we need to do to remain competitive. And even those areas where we have the capability, we've been working on making it faster and easier. Uh, With this last weekend's release, Key just changed its checking account opening, which took it from a you know, 15-minute experience at home to now a a four-and-a-half-minute experience at home because we just think that's where you have to go competitively. It has to be faster, easier. I like to say Amazon-like experiences
0: In our space, well, it's interesting. Is you talk about the uh, being able to do it end to end digitally, and even the checking and loans. We we did research for the digital banking report. We found that seventy percent said they had a digital account opening and digital loan process. And then two questions later, we said, "Do you require the customer to come into the branch to complete the process?" And seventy percent of those people said, "Yes, we do." And and it's kind of like going, okay, so we're kind of playing words here, but that's not digital account opening or digital loans. But to your point, you know, what suggestions would you give to organizations today that right now, I mean, you can always say, hey, you can drop this off for the the drive-up teller, but that's not the best solution. What do you recommend organizations do? How do they move to truly a a totally digital experience in that realm?
1: Well, I
0: have a philosophy
1: on this, Jim, which is you can almost start one of two places. And, And I certainly have been guilty of, starting in both places. And I like one more than the other. I think you can either start, and this is, I think, the the way we have to think about it, from what is the ideal customer experience that we're looking for and really draw out the ideal customer experience and then go figure out how to digitize that ideal customer experience. And I feel like all too often, we do the opposite. As an industry, sometimes we start with our existing process, we start with our existing technology stack, and we try to put the client experience on top of that. And when I think about key, I think about we have some where we've started bottoms up, and I don't like those experiences as much as when we've really thought about the experience we want to create and work backwards from
0: that. Well, you know it's interesting because you you just mentioned it when you talked about your new release about checking accounts. That obviously was the the beginning process was very similar to what most organizations do, which is say, okay, how can I take what I'm currently doing and just have it done in a digital way, which, as you mentioned, isn't nearly as good as saying, okay. What do we want that end field to be? And let's build from the bottom up to make it really work that way. And, you know, you took 10 minutes or more off the process. But I think, you know, now when people are going to be doing everything from their home for a while and you're not being compared to PNC or to Chase or anybody else, you're being compared to Amazon. You're being compared to Uber and, and other ways that people go, gosh, I know how easy it can be. You know, if I'm currently a customer, why ask me to fill in all the blanks for things you already know about me? Or... Why can't I use, just use my address book to give you the information to fill in the blanks? And, and building from the bottom up, from the inside out, to make it so you're not just doing, you know, a nice digital facade on a terrible manual process, that takes a lot of commitment and a lot of work from your team to really see it in a new light. And you bring up MBank and I, I, I use them as an example quite a bit about, you know, that sometimes they just put people in it. They put everybody who would touch it into the room and say, here's what you got to figure out. How do I get, a, do I get a, a mobile loan in 15 seconds? And, you know, not a single person in the room believes it can happen. But if you're not allowed out of the room... Uh, That that was not social distancing, but if you're not out of the room until you find a way, you find a way. You may redefine what the solution is. So you may say, okay, I can do that if I can have variability on the amount of loan. Well, sure you can. Oh, I can do that if it gets you an initial loan, but to get more, you have to to fill out more information. Hey, we got to look at things in the new ways, don't we? Absolutely. And so well said. It
1: really is starting with how do I create a great experience? Then let's go figure out how to make it happen with what we have inside the house and not the other direction.
0: So what are some of the biggest challenges you faced when trying to convert a traditional banking organization like Key into more of a digital bank?
1: Yeah, as much as we've been talking about kind of customers in this call, I I actually think some of the biggest challenges, Jim, are inside the house. When we think about our digital transformation, I think it starts with the type of talent. I believe you just need a different type of talent or more talent with these progressive competencies. Engineers, full-stack engineers who can think about the entire technology stack and think about unique ways to solution the technology stack. You need designers. At Key, we are building a full function around design. And we're talking all levels of design. We're talking about human centered design, where, you know, designers are trained in being able to talk to customers and understand deeply what their needs are and understand their behaviors and, you know, watch eye movements and all of those things. But all the way down to designers who know how to write copy in ways that are easy to understand, designers who know whether the button should be red or yellow or whether it should be, you know, here or there. Uh, So you need these designers. And then, of course, you have to mix that with people who understand the business because we're still in a business. We still have shareholders to think about. So I think being able to organize engineers and designers and business leaders and get them to be able to uh, work together, I think that's a challenge. Second, once you have the talent, it's thinking about these modern and progressive ways to deliver. Gone are the days where you can put out a release once a quarter or twice a year. There just is this new need to have speed and delivery. And, you know, we, we've been working hard at Key to bring agile methodologies of development inside the house. So again, a challenge inside. And then, of course, one of the things that just we as an industry, especially the largest banks that grew up through multiple acquisitions, there's just a lot of technology, um, many different really critical production systems that need to be cared for, that are doing really important work for our customers every day, but at the same time, they're not necessarily flexible. So, you know, we need to build the capabilities that those services, those APIs around those capabilities so that we can more easily mesh things together. So I think it's those things. And when we can figure those things out internally, that's when we start creating magic
0: for our customers. Yeah, and and finally, when, you, when you're looking at the innovation in the digital space, Has KeyBank looked at fintech partnerships or do you build mostly from within or a combination of both? What's been your your best experience overall?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, Jim. We have, I think, just a wonderful approach to fintechs and partnerships. And this is kudos to a couple of my partners out there, Ken Gaverty, Clark Kyatt. We take, I would say, a three-pronged approach to fintechs. And we do all three. So, you know, prong one is just partnering with them and integrating their capabilities into our offering. And, you know, we do that, FISPAN, who allows us to connect into accounting software, Optimum Blue, which helps us with mortgage pricing, a local company here in Cleveland, Splash Financial, which helps us on the student loan refinance side. All three of those, those are fintech partners that we have integrated into Keys Offering. There's a second prong, though, where... We do the same thing. We integrate in, but we like those companies and we actually want to invest in them and help them with their roadmap. So they'll remain independent, but we'll actually infuse equity into them and we'll help, you know, we'll own them. So companies like Bill Trust and Snapsheet and Avid Exchange, where key is an, uh, has an ownership in a in a leadership and a direction state, but also then we're providing them with distribution through our customer base. And so we do kind of that type of equity-injected partnership. And then finally, Key has been pretty progressive, and we will continue to be pretty progressive on the M&A front, where we've done straight-out acquisitions. Hello Wallet, which creates tools that help our customers with their financial wellness, helps them understand opportunities, right? We've done Bolster, which is small business digital lending, a a fintech out of Chicago. We bought them a few years ago. And then most recently, uh, Lowell Road, which does digital eight-minute student loan refinancing similar to a, you know, a SoFi or a common bond. So all three of those areas. And we think, we don't think one is better than the other. Uh, We think at times it makes sense for us to just build it on our own. And we're certainly willing and able to do that. But then there's other times where this integrating, doing an equity or flat out acquisition might make sense. And we just think having that portfolio and building muscle around all of those is maybe the right way to think about the partnerships ahead.
0: Well, it's been great having you on the show today. You know, it's interesting because uh, not many people look to the, the Midwest, the mid-sized organizations for uh, an innovation lead or a digital lead. But I, I think I'm in the neighborhood, I've seen a lot of the things you've done. A lot of it's been done, I wouldn't say in silence, but you don't go out there and make a lot of noise about it. But I, I think what's really interesting is the focus on digital and the focus on serving a customer that's going to be moving to digital is going to pay off in the end. And uh, I really appreciate you having me on your show today.
1: Jim, thanks so much for having me. Enjoy listening to the podcast and thanks again.
0: What a great interaction with Jamie. It, it was interesting because as you start talking to number 1, you, you feel the passion he has for really transforming the bank to a, a stronger digital organization. And it's not like they haven't done things already, but more importantly, again it shows that this time of transition, transformation, disruption, whatever you want to call it, is really a time to double down on your efforts to become a digital bank. Now is the time to double down on innovation, to double down on the focus on the customer. Um, it's not a time to retreat and and basically just say, you know, we're closed for what is in effect all intents and purposes, but with auto tellers open or whatever it may be. But this is an opportunity for everybody to really say, how can we do what we're doing better? Because the customers can be more and more aware of it. And they're gonna be more aware of what the outcome is. The good news is the consumer is going to actually pay you back in loyalty with where you go with this. Thank you for listening to Banking Transformed, rating it as a top five banking podcast. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. And more importantly, please don't forget to give our show a five-star rating. While it only takes a minute, these ratings are very important as we try to expand the distribution of Banking Transformed to more potential listeners. Also, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and check out our research we are doing on digital transformation, retail banking innovation, the digital customer experience, and financial marketing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Lombrake, and audio engineer, Sean Rule Hoffman. I'm your host, Jim Roos. Until next time, have a great week. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly
1: understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, my life.
0: Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analysts, Ella Chiefre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines.